2: and welcome to a Red Alert special for Anfield Index. Now, yes, if anyone's hearing that, they may be thinking, don't you normally do these at the end of the month? Well, Christ, people, in the last few weeks especially, it feels like eight years' worth of events has happened, doesn't it? Especially around the transfer market, which is going to be the focus for us today. So, as usual, I'm very pleased to say I've got my old mucker, Mark Evans, with us. Mark, how are we?
3: Yeah, papa been a whirlwind of a week. I don't know if if your screen time is edited like mine, but I've been getting very little done the last few days.
2: I don't actually know how it's only Monday after all the things that's happened (laughs) in the last few days. Like, absolutely insane and mental. All those words we'd use, it really has been. So, yeah, tonight, tonight, ladies and gents, you're probably under no surprise at all, but me and Mark are actually going to be focusing on... The Caicedo, the Lavia Saga, the remaining window, a million things that are happening because Athens is burning, Rome is burning, everything's burning, as it were, so to speak, at the moment. And it does feel like many, or for many, I should say, that Liverpool have taken defeat almost from the jaws of victory, but we will run through it. And, yeah, even... Some people have messaged me today, we will look to have a transfer show as well, even though the bloody Pamland Alan Wicker, the Wish.com Michael Palin, the cheap dehydrated Judith Chalmers himself has abandoned me and is on holiday in Mallorca, but we will get one this week as well. But Mark, Christ, say where are we going to start on this? Well, we've got to go somewhere. So we'll go to Caicedo first, because that's now confirmed, isn't it? He's a Chelsea player, he's done all his press, he's done all the my only club. Get it up your Moses type of thing. But there we go. So, I mean, this one, when we look at the details, you know, Liverpool had that bid accepted, as we know from Ornstein. It looked, you know, it looked the the best bid. Chelsea were pending their bid, it seemed, for 500 years. But essentially, long story short, it's finally got done for a, a whack off £150 million, a sell on clause. And the suggestion is an eight plus one year contract, essentially a nine year contract on massive money. I mean, a question I want to ask you all, now almost to say the dust has settled, just about settling now on this. It's almost a two-part. So what are your honest thoughts on this? And as people keep suggesting, because it's a strong word, but people seem really determined to use this one. Do you feel embarrassed by this Kaiseido saga overall?
3: I think... If I was to be honest, overall, I don't feel embarrassed by the Caicedo one specifically. I think, I don't think we've we've covered ourselves in glory at all. I think, you know, we do come out of it looking a little bit silly, but overall, my my kind of over overriding feeling from it is that Liverpool have acted in a pretty kind of bold manner here. They've they've done they've they've. Behaved in a way that I think a lot of us as fans have been desperate for them to do over the last, yeah. I mean, the last decade essentially since uh, FSG have come in. You know, we we never really get ourselves embroiled in any battles for players. We tend to uh, we tend to back away if it looks like it's turning into a bidding war. We certainly never go near a, a British record transfer fee. Um, and we did all of those things with this one, and you know, you could say we we, we maybe didn't do our due diligence very well and you know you know, you could you could potentially go down the route of we were we were duped by an agent or you know I, I don't know if we'll ever get to the the bottom of that. I expect Liverpool would have would have asked some questions of whether he would like to come before they went down making the offer and such ultimately we've either been played with either or we didn't speak to him properly or you know whichever one of those were maybe just a little naive and in in realizing who we were dealing with in uh, boley and chelsea um but to, to kind of you know pull all that together i don't i don't think it's fair to say i'm embarrassed by liverpool behaving that way because we we did something really big there really bold there all we tried to and ultimately we've shown ourselves to have more money than we expected which i mean you have to take the positives from it as well before we were even interested in caicedo i didn't i didn't know liverpool had anything like that kind of budget I'm a bit of an FSG skeptic so i really didn't think we were you know we were shooting in that kind of market at all i didn't believe it at all when the first rumors broke when it when I woke up, I literally literally went for a pee in the night and, uh, you know, as usual, switched on my phone just to have a little scan. And it was breaking at like two in the morning. I couldn't believe it because it was Ornstein as well, you know, and the way he wrote it was the way he writes his kind of it's done tweets. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just a a whirlwind over the kind of next 24 hours as it started to break down. And then there were suggestions they couldn't pay it was, uh, yeah, it was absolutely mad. Maybe the most mad transfer I've ever had the displeasure of uh, of being, you know, here for watching firsthand um, with Liverpool didn't go our way. I don't think I'm embarrassed. I think I'm disappointed. Uh, I I think I think you 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 have to hope that that kind of attitude is the one we take forward now. You know, beyond this to to hunt down the next one to, you know, to find the guy to fill the void for us. Um, but no, I, I don't think embarrassed specifically on the Kaiseido one is is how I would describe how I feel. What about you?
2: Yeah, I I, I think the knock-on effects of today, which we'll get to, have sort of fed into the whole Caicedo saga for me. I mean, very similar to you. The, the way I see it in the crudest sense is, We rolled the dice, and we rolled the dice big time here. I didn't even think we'd have the balls to sort of go to that level, if that makes sense, like, you know, for $111 million in a sell-on clause. So that kind of, you know, raised eyebrows for a start. So that's the the nature of a gamble, isn't it? Sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't. On, On the other side, I get there's the whole thing. When you take a gamble, sometimes you win or you lose. And we've lost on this big time. I'm not denying that, you know, by any means. But... I don't believe for one second. I genuinely don't. Despite everyone amateur amateurish and all this, like that, this is where I think people get it distorted. Personally, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. There's no way we make that move. We do our due diligence, whatever you want to call it, and you know people can go screaming at this without encouragement. And all the signs, all the reports are coming out that the key player, unfortunately, in this, as well as Todd Bowley that you mentioned, and you know Chelsea dealings. Manuel Sierra, that unfortunately this agent has done us up like a kipper, that we've had the talks, we said, you know, essentially that's what I'm taking, that, you know, yeah, he'd come to you and you know, if you get it done. That be that something we're, you know, affable to, as it were. And I, I genuinely think we've been done that way. And the other things that have come out, I think maybe hindsight's a beautiful thing. I think if he had his time again, Jurgen Klopp would have just not mention that he'd accept you know we'd had that offer accepted in the press conference just stuck with that I don't know what's going on you know I only talk about players it's the classic line he didn't straight bat it that you know is a, a little mark a little smear there I get that but even the other reports mate that you see Billy Hogan you know took which we'll come to because it seems strange but took over you know the negotiation for this we smoothed it over the Brighton good relations all this so long story short my honest take is we took a gamble Yes, we lost, but we ponied up. And ultimately, at that moment before today's event, I'm thinking, okay, we took a shot, would have been great, no doubts about it, but there's 111 million reasons to still have some positivity, if that makes sense. That, that was my honest assessment of it from that point of view.
3: Yeah, I think that's a really good summary of what you just did there. It's hard to put it all together because there is so much involved in, in what happened over those couple of days. Like you said, the Agent, Bowley, Liverpool, Hogan, the 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 record, just so many things. And it's it is hard to like because you felt so many different things at different stages of all of it, you know. When when it broke, I genuinely haven't been that excited. I I, I woke my wife up in the in the night to tell. To tell her that Liverpool had broke the British record, which she obviously cared nothing about, and uh, then there was the disappointment in the morning, and I could not put my phone down all day, just just hoping, you know, for for a sort or someone to to you know give us some hope that Chelsea weren't going to make the fee or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I, I think the way you, you kind of summed that up there, we gambled, we lost. I think that is just. The only way you can kind of summarize the whole thing is we, we you know you lose every every hand you don't play kind of thing, and we played our hand and we lost, and it just it just is that you have to take a little bit of humble pie, but I don't think be embarrassed.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it it, it fan the flames even further, and it's not something that that you know we we had specifically to talk about, but even the Ornstein story about too many that like too many that that tells me. We've investigated that. Do you know what I mean? It looks like clearly we've tried to go big for this six. You know, whatever the reasons are, you know, people can get into that. But Jurgen Klopp has gone after a, a big time DM number six, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, he's looked at the options. So like you said, even if we had that shot and, and it's not come off, you know, we've been told no chance. At least we tried to take the shot. You know, oh, that classic Rocky line, and everyone's going to hate me for this and sort nonsense, etc. But the only difference between the hero and the coward is the coward's afraid to take the shot. So, yeah, scratch one off for Kaiseido in that regard. But it's, you, you've got to do this, because I, I understand why people were upset. You know, and I, I was a bit gutted. I won't lie for, for a bit. There's no two ways about it. i not just be blase and said, you know, I got nothing to me. What difference would you honestly think he would have made to this team right now?
4: Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4pm, Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL index. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Well, that's the sad bit, isn't it? Because he would have made all the difference to this team. He's, he's very, very close to the perfect profile of what we are missing in in my view. I mean, you know, we've only got the kind of Chelsea game to go by and official matches to, to see where we're up to, and you know, what the new kind of midfield, the new squad looks like. And, there were really positive bits in, in lots of areas of the field, but it was still the obvious gaping hole, wasn't it? And especially because it took one of our key new signings in McAllister out of his position and into that one, which means we're then bringing Gakpo out of his centre-forward position to play in McAllister's position. And there are real knock-ons to to not having one full stop, but not having one on his level in particular. Just a real proper engine in there. You saw it in the Chelsea game, the the ease in which they were kind of getting through us, the lack of intelligence in the midfield to cover the the kind of the sterling space or James down the other side, or even they were finding it so, so easy to get the ball and get their head up that, you know, the switch to Chilwell was looking on every time they every time they wanted it in that second half. And I think all of those things just changed dramatically with a Kai Sedo. He does his job and then, you know, your McAllister and Sabozlai, they can really focus on their press in joining the front three and stopping those spaces, stopping the head up, not letting Sterling get the ball so easily. I think it, it, in simple terms, if if we'd had a Kai playing put in that Chelsea game, we would have walked it. I really, really think that we would have walked it because you saw those first kind of 20 minutes When we offensively we we have the tools we've we've got all of the bits we need, but it's going the other way. We just we're incapable of shutting the door. We look easy to play against, and a Casado is just the the key to to stopping that for me.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. He he doesn't solve absolutely everything because you know it's not perfect. There is a few things there, but he would listen in simple terms. He would have solved a hell of a lot, and I think yeah, it would have been a real. Statement of intent, a real, you know, sign to everyone else as it were. But this isn't bullseye and we're not going to spend all day playing. Here's what you could have won type of thing. So (laughs) we kind of, we move on and yeah, we'll talk about the Romeo Lavia saga because that seems pretty much certain that he is now moving to Chelsea bar, another last minute miracle, but it seems all but done realistically. So if we think, and I, I do feel differently about this, but on the facts, Liverpool did have three separate bids rejected for the player. It was always clear that it was a fifty million pound price tag. Chelsea had almost been lurking in the background. And when Chelsea did make their offer, it was always seen by many as almost a a retaliation, a tit for tat, if you want, so to speak, that you've done this with Kaiseido, shot back, type of thing. So that that's how it was taken. But then all of a sudden it sort of advances last night that pretty much, you know, Chelsea are red hot favourites that's set to get done. And then almost the hijack of the hijack of the hijack talks come today that Liverpool are back in and there's a, you know, a £60 million or up to £60 million deal on the table. Now, there is a couple of things on this. I think it's important to say in the facts. No Liverpool patch journos. And you know who I'm talking about people on this have broke this and said, this has been agreed. It was very much from Chelsea relate to journos. Now, we can speculate all day on that, but it's interesting now that Paul Joyce in sort of the last half an hour now, I'm almost time checking it like we're on the bill here, but 25 to seven now on a Monday evening, half an hour ago, Paul Joyce does a story where he says, you know, Liverpool never actually put that bid in. It was just, they, you know, they had that intent, but they had the signs that Lavia to Chelsea was pretty much done, so they've not gone through with it, which is quite interesting. And, and you know, people are going to speculate on, was it false? Was it true? All those types of things. Who really knows? But it, there's a few things we've, we've got to pick up on on this realistically, Mark. So now that this one seems pretty much all done again it's almost the same question but for a completely different saga what are your honest thoughts on this and do you feel any embarrassment with this one at all
3: Uh, yeah so uh, I mean I don't think you can talk about the Lavia one without the kind of full context of the reason this has happened is ultimately because we went for Caicedo right I mean if we had just stuck with Lavia it's more than likely lavia would be a liverpool player already we obviously pivoted we were we we were clearly kind of in debate about his worth essentially it looked as though we just weren't going to agree with with southampton's valuation like you said we had three bids rejected um we've obviously looked at Sado and thought If we're going to go big, let's go all the way kind of thing. You know, let's go for the one who is actually ready to step in and be our starting six right now. Because I think there are doubts about Kaiseido actually being of that level just yet, you know, ready to play every game and such. And he is only 19 years old. He's only got one Premier League season under his belt. There's those kind of questions. So you have to take that kind of context into, into the mind when you're talking about, are you embarrassed? What, what do you think of this? And despite those kind of um, excuses, I guess you'd have to call them in that we took the punt on the bigger guy. I definitely am embarrassed about the way this one's gone because I mean, first off, we could have just had them if they liked them enough, we should have just had them. Secondly, To go back in with this panic bid, if we did, I know, like you say, there are kind of doubts around that. But, I mean, it sounds as though whether we did or didn't, we were thinking about it. He was back in our thoughts. We definitely were thinking about going back into the race for him. And it probably would have been, you know, at that kind of 55 plus million fee. I I do. I find that embarrassing. I, I think... Again, it seems like we haven't we haven't done our research. We haven't checked with him again. You know if if he is definitely interested in us still, or if we've burned our bridge because we turned to Caicedo, or if Chelsea are already in there ahead of us. Um, I just think we haven't played that one well at all, and that one isn't just a gamble. And we lost that one was a calculated mistake, really, and ultimately. Not only has it not gone our way, we've embarrassed ourselves by going back after it's not gone our way and trying again and still getting told no, which I think just, I mean, I know we'll we'll probably get to it kind of more broadly of of where where is our kind of transfer policy going, who's in charge, is it working, all that kind of stuff, but I mean, Just with this very specific transfer alone, Lavia on his own, I mean, you'd have to say, if your job was was transfers at Liverpool, if you were overseeing all of that, and this happened under your watch, you'd have to be worried about the future, I think. Because, I mean, that just doesn't look good, does it? It really doesn't.
2: Yeah, I I think overall, and especially the last... 24 hours, 48 hours, I would say. Embarrassment's now come into it for me. I do think we've made ourselves look a little bit small-time for a couple of reasons. As as we said before, we can't change tack. I get why we abandoned the Lavia pursuit for Caicedo. You know, we can't change that at all. I also get on the facts that we have messed the, the kid around. You know, we cl- sold in the project. We've heard that, haven't we, that he wants to cl- um, to come repeatedly type of thing. Three bids rejected. We knew what it was going to take. We knew our need was great. And we still haven't got it done. I mean, th- there's a bit of me sort of thinks beneath the surface that I think this kid has a massive ceiling. I can't pretend that, you know, for, for any second he really does have a massive potential right now. I think there's a few question marks about whether he can be Liverpool starting DM, six, whatever you want to describe it as. And I think Liverpool have got those question marks as proved by the negotiating stance, dragging it out, that type of thing. So that plays part of it. I think as well, I mean, one thing I think should just get dismissed from people straight away. I've seen even today people saying, oh, cash hungry, you know, all this, like blah, 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 because of his deal. Like just to be clear, Liverpool have messed Kai Sado around repeatedly. Chelsea have Lavia, put Sorry, Lavia. Yeah, God, we'll probably get the names wrong a million times. But <laughs> Lavia, yeah, Liverpool have messed Lavia around. Chelsea have put the money on the table and they've offered him a, essentially a nine-year contract, haven't they? This eight plus one for, for more money. There's the zero blame whatsoever apportioned to this kid. Because I've seen people saying, oh, well, you know, he, he's given up the chance to be a regular starter. I don't think there's any guarantee of that either. So, Liverpool have made the mistake there. The bit I'm coming to, which is absolutely key, how Liverpool have embarrassed themselves. This is almost like they've split up with an ex, it's amicable, but the ex, you know, and then you've gone different ways, but you're now desperately trying to get her back. And you've almost done, you know, like desperation tactics, calls, all that type of thing. And Liverpool, you know, it's almost come out publicly, hasn't it? It was embarrassing when that comes out, Liverpool were now prepared to go up to £60 million. And Joyce has confirmed that, that whilst it doesn't seem there's an official bid, as it were, come in, they've explored that up to £60 million. Now, you've got to remember, by Saturday, Liverpool were not prepared to go up to £50 million, And now they're going to go up to £60 million. That is pure and simple panic and desperation. That is where the embarrassment has come in for me, realistically. We could have just moved on from both. Caicedo was done. We took a shot. We abandoned the lavier chase. We could have, and we'll come on to names, but we could have been getting other business wrapped up today. It almost feels like a complete waste of 24 hours, which has exasperated the situation and made us just look more and more desperate. So it's honestly, for me, The last twenty-four hours or so, maybe up to forty-eight, without an exact timeline, we have embarrassed ourselves. We've made ourselves look desperate, and it's a bit sad, to be honest. Truth be told,
3: yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely spot on there. And the the thing that I really don't get about it all is if it was me, you know, and I was in control of, of of the whole kind of overseeing the transfer process for Liverpool and I had just suffered the kind of Caicedo you know debacle call it what you will and today comes along so that's gone and I've got to go and think again I'm amazed that whoever it is if it is Schmack or whoever is you know making the calls at the moment I'm amazed they didn't have like a little bit more kind of self-preservation in mind when it came to the Lavia one, because if it was me, you know you know what it's like when you're in any job. You don't want to get embarrassed. You don't want your superiors to think you're doing poorly or whatever. If I had just had to kind of say the one under my belt, I would have been thinking really long and hard before going back in for Lavia, and I certainly would have wanted guarantees this time. I would not have wanted to show an interest again and, and been showing up for it. So I really am amazed that we let ourselves get into that situation. I, I just... uh it kind of beggars belief that that whoever has made that call has made that call.
2: Yeah, which probably is the, the bit we need to start to move into because there's a few weeks still left of the window. There should, fingers crossed, should be at least, no excuses not, for $111 million minimum to be sat there. But maybe the time for recriminations is now, maybe it's later. Everyone will be screaming about this and they will have their different opinion. But as it stands right now, Mark, as you look at it, there's a few parties involved in this, isn't there, characters? Be it Klopp, Schmacker, even Big John flew in, didn't he, with Linda and his ball, uh, ball game yeah, yeah. yesterday for the match, all those types of things. So when you look at it right now, Again, the full recriminations may come later because there's business to be done. But who do you actually apportion blame to in this scenario?
3: Yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because you've just pretty much mentioned all the kind of lead offenders there. And it's it's how do you order the the fault, I guess, because there is definitely fault to be attributed. And, you know, you could take that right to the top and, Talk about, you know, FSG are ultimately in charge. They they decide who does this job and that job. And, you know, Schmacka wouldn't have come in if if they didn't want him to. So if you're going to blame him, do you also blame FSG for that? I think there's some credibility in that argument. Then you can go down to Schmacka himself and say, is he doing a good job? I mean, you would be really hard pushed at this stage to call what he's done so far a good job. I think the McAllister deal was largely done before he came in, so he's only successfully managed Sabozlay, and that was obviously a, a release clause being activated. It really doesn't, you know, you or I could, in theory, do that one. Um, we've had the the embarrassment of Lavia and the disappointment of Caicedo. He's really achieved little else, Um in what is kind of his under-the-microscope window where we see, you know, does he have it? Is he capable of doing this job? And I think he would be the one that would take the most blame from me. But then you you can go one step lower than that, I guess, and look at Klopp and say, Klopp clearly had some hand in Schmacka coming in. Why, you know, why did he want to do that? Was it was it a personal thing? Or, or did he really think he had the credentials? It's... I mean, you'll never really get the real answer to that, but ultimately, I think all of them have some blame in in the failure that we've kind of had up to now. It's not over yet, you know. It's the window is not necessarily a failure. Full stop. We could still win this for me because I really love the two we've brought in, Uh, and you know, if there is 111 million, you get two or three in in these next two weeks, you can still win this. You know, that is a critical point to to hammer home, it's not over yet, we haven't lost, We've, we're kind of battle-bloodied and not in great shape because the season's already gone, but the war isn't over, you know you can still win it, and uh, I think that is key to remember but at this moment in time you couldn't say that, that any of them have done a good job as far as recruitment's concerned who would Who would you pick out kind of as the, the main culprit? Yeah,
2: it's a, it's a tough one, I think Overall, and people almost to find this fascinating. People must pitch this as kind of a oh, it's a politician's answer with collective blame. People that almost seem to me desperate to like jump on something because it's easier just to burn down one thing personally. But I agree, overall, it's a collective failure, and the owners have made mistakes. Let's not pretend. And I'm kind of a bit surprised they put up 111 million in the first place. So yeah. You know, that, that was a bit of a surprise, but you've got to mention that as a, a factor or something in the credit column for them. For me, personally, I don't really care what the people say about that. Schmacker, Jörg Schmacker, is looking a worse appointment by the day. It really is. Like you said, it's just got all the hallmarks now for me of a very short-term thing where Liverpool move on. As it, You know, he's mentioned this break clause personally, but... I just can't see it happening long-term. I mean, like you said, the two he's done are release clauses, which, you know, anyone can get done. They're good players, but they're release clauses. And McAllister, we know Ward did the groundwork. Sir Bosley, we know Klopp's did his magic. You know, we, we tried to negotiate it, but we couldn't. So we essentially paid release clause or got those sorted. Now, what we're hearing, you got to go off what you hear, you know, what's reported a little bit as well. Like you said, no one knows the full situation we hear that Billy Hogan took over the negotiations for Kaiseido. So that naturally poses the question, like, well, what the heck Schmack are doing then? Because we've heard all these stories about the Ibiza home not flying. It, It just gets more and more bizarre by the day. And like it or not, a sporting director is quite simply judged by two things. The quality of his recruits and renewals for existing players, you know, the amounts, the lands that they write, those are the two things you ultimately get judged on. And at the moment, it's not a good score in either column. It just gives me the the honest impression that he will have a bit of a scapegoat feel to him personally, but essentially it's not been the right appointment. It's not worked so far. I can't see it being long-term. So that's the thing. But this is really important to say, We keep being told, we keep hearing the reports that, and this is from Ornstein, Joyce, all these people, that Jurgen Klopp has this all-encompassing power, as it were, at Anfield at the moment. Now, people go crazy for this stuff, and I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm not saying it's right. I think sometimes it's a bit of facts twisted to suit theories, but... As we know, Liverpool's golden period was when Michael Edwards was there and Julian Ward, you know, people talk about the last one, but then again, people talk about, the, the you know, the impact and how, you know, the Klopp's effect. I, I don't know. No one knows 100%, but Jurgen Klopp has to carry some of the can in this regard for for the way he has that power. And ultimately, with the power, as it says, comes the responsibility. So it's not a politician's answer. There really is a a collective failing, I'd say, for these few and a few other things across the board. But I also don't know in simple terms what the the right answer would be. I know people are going to be screaming now going, Edward's back, and and I get all that. I would not go against that at all. But now is not the time for recriminations. It needs to be fast because we keep talking about lessons learned, and we've talked about it in our pods as well something hard and fast needs to happen after the window. That's, that is the important thing to say, but I do kind of want to move into this because this is really important. It's almost a, what you expect to happen now, because there's 111 million reasons of, you know, optimism as it were, so to speak, at least there might be a potential still for a number of players. I know a lot of people might disagree with that. And, I want to ask you this first part in this set way, Mark. What do you now expect to
3: happen? So that that's a good way to pose the question, and I mean, I'll I'll quickly throw one back at you, which is now what I expect is that Liverpool spend all of that money that we now know is on the table, and potentially even just a little bit more. You know, you don't know if that was all that was in the in the kind of in the purse if that's if there's more available or if that's literally it. But I, w- I would put this kind of back to you before I give you a, a, a wider answer is, if would you say you are more optimistic now, today, knowing what you know from the Lavian Caicedo failed transfers, but also the fact that we have 111 million, are you happier now knowing that than you were on Friday when... We didn't think that we could necessarily afford Lavia, but we were just still in for him essentially, and the Caicedo thing hadn't even happened. Are you are you more optimistic about our future today or on Friday? Two big things I'd say on this is personally,
2: number one, I am a bit more because it's a hundred, you know, one hundred eleven million. It was more than I honestly thought we would. Have there, or and and, and I get people are going to be screaming at this, going nonsense. You know, we people know how much money we've got. I I get all that. The second point to the argument is there's no absolute yes or no, despite how people will trade on clicks and hits for that in the, the coming days. So that bit, there is a bit of me that's thinking, right, we've got a minimum of 111 million, a minimum of that, and you could still ship a few out, like. Philip Simicast, but let's work on that premise. That's the minimum. There are options out there, okay? It wasn't a, for me a Caicedo or Lavia bus. Caicedo would have been the dream signing. We said that. I can't pretend that. Lavia was not the dream signing. I do think he's better than some people are making out, but again, I understand the argument on the other side potential rather than proven. I totally get that. We'll, we'll almost never know that hypothetical now. So if, It's not like 100%, yeah, and I know this sounds strange, but it's almost like a 60-40, better if that makes sense, mate, to be honest. So there is that element for me, like, it's done. You cannot change it. There's 111 million minimum in the bank. Let's pony up. Let's go and get some destroyers and get on with it. That's my honest take on it.
3: Yeah, I'm actually probably more... Positive than that, personally. I, 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 I'm i probably more of a skeptic than you generally, but I really didn't think there was much in the bank. And I thought if Alavia came in, that would be it. I said that on our last red alert. And, uh, you know, I would have probably made my peace with that, just getting one. But now I expect two, maybe three in the next two weeks. So you know it's an it's annoying that they're not in already and it, you know it's pissed me off to have chelsea kind of you know embarrass us or whatever and especially it's fucking chelsea that did it but uh, all in all i'm i'm pretty optimistic to have that kind of backing behind us now 111 million is an enormous amount when you've already got mcAllister and suba in i uh, i just want us to go and get this bit right and you know well that's kind of what we're going to head into soon uh I, I just, it's, it's, it's so critical. I can't, I, like, you, you can't emphasise enough for these guys saving their jobs for our season for, for so many reasons. We have got to get these next two weeks right. I mean, it's just, it's everything.
0: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, Mag boxes and games consoles. Visit liberty shield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
2: I agree. And that's the second part answered. But what do you actually expect to happen? Because you said you're a natural skeptic. What's your gut telling you?
3: So do you want like how many or, or how much of that gets spent? Because, I mean, I, I, I think it all gets spent. I think they would do, I mean, we know it's there now. How can they not? How could they not spend, you know, over 100 anyway? They they have to, don't they? They have to spend over 100 now. Um, how many is difficult to say, isn't it? Depends. Depends which way we go, you know, which which players we're, we're after if if it doesn't look like there's a six available that's going to take our budget, like Kaiseido or Chouameni or one of these guys, you know, I don't see anyone on that level that's going to swallow the whole thing. So that says to me a couple are, are likely. Um, and it really depends which way you go with that. You know, if, if there's one cheap one and two good ones, um, if we want that left-sided centre-back or left-back or... It, it, you, you know, you could you could go a, a number of ways with what we do left. There's no doubt a midfielder, or probably two, are, are, are going to be targeted. Um, a six, and maybe a guy who can kind of chip in at six as well. Uh, I think, I think with sort of a gun to my head, I think we'll get two in. I think we'll get two solid signings in. There still haven't been kind of enough links of a left centre-back for me to believe that we've credibly been looking for one. So I think I expect a 100 million at least to be spent between two midfielders. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I I kind of wish I could could argue different because that is honestly what my gut tells me. I, I mean, I understand this because people the fan base is split on many things. We know that. But I understand that I couldn't think of anyone who doesn't say, you know, $111 million. It's not that you just have to pay that to overpriced players, but there's no reason to not make that available minimum. Totally, totally, you know, the, the, I don't think you get anyone against that. My gut tells me that I don't think, and against what ends is the problem that many others do. That's the key thing I'm going to say, that we'd love to see a left centre-back, you know, one that can come in and play like left-back and centre-back or, Christ, even maybe a right-back people would take, you know, to move Trent, however you want to describe it. But I don't think Jurgen Klopp sees it as other people do it. That's me personally, which I think negates the defender, which I'd love. Midfielder-wise, I do think two will come in. And, again, it's not trying to like say it's all rosy people by any means, but... If you look at the names that are still gettable on the market, Decore, Turan, Florentino, Luis, Pahinia, Andre, and I know you know injuries. People will talk, but you know a combo of these. Even and I'm saying these with asterisks next to him. Tyler Adams apparently available. I know people are going to go mad as I say that for oh, Chelsea reject, but for 20 million quid as the second option that can play right back as well, and even the young one. Um, Red Bull Salzburg, I think it's pronounced Duath. He's an absolute destroyer, I think. You know, he's one that Sam Maguire, shout out to him, You know he's always got good insight, as mentioned as well. There's a lot of good options there, Mark. And I genuinely think 99% of combinations of those two, so to speak, do still make it a good window. It's yeah. not a great, it's not a 10 out of 10 window, but I still think... It's a good window. And this is one thing I would say, and it is important, and people aren't going to like this, but it's true. If you'd said at the start last at the end of last season to next season, listen, people, we are going to ship out a lot. You know, Hendo's going to go for the, you know, people would have probably raised their eyebrows. You know, this is coming in the future. And for instance, probably the starting three when it, you know, the season settles early on in the middle is going to be Alexis McAllister, Dominic Zabozli. And say decorate from Crystal Palace. I think they might lie now, and you know, you can't prove this, but I think to be honest, mate, 90% of fans would have gone, sign me up for that. That's my honest take on it. So you can still get two, like you said, from that list, and it's still a very good window for me personally. That is honestly how I see it.
3: Yeah, I I I agree with all of that. I really do. I think you mentioned Adams there, so. Joyce had uh, tweeted about him just earlier on this evening saying he was, you know, being considered or an option or can't remember how you put it, but I think he makes a bunch of sense, especially at 20 million. Like I said, that kind of leaves a lot in the pot to maybe go and get those two that you need, a left center back and another midfielder. He also can cover right back. I think that makes a bunch of sense for where we're at just now. We don't really have much credible uh, support for Trent. Um, a proper destroyer has to be on the agenda. I think Decuri at uh, Palace looks really, really tailor-made for that. Also, a bit kind of proven in the Premier League, which a lot of these other young options from, like you were saying, Red Bull or whatever it is. I mean, Turam, Coney, any of these guys, Florentino Louise—they aren't. They're they're more of a gamble. All of those than decory would be. I think he would make a bunch of sense if you got Adams. decory is two and then say like an Inacio or someone like that, a left centre-back, I think we would all call that a fantastic window. I really do. You'd have four new midfielders all capable of playing while you've still got Badgetich, Jones, um, good young players. You've got Elliott. You've still got Tiago's experience in there. Um, you would have given yourself proper cover now at left-back, left centre-back. Left um, the, the front five all look kind of on it. I think... Squad wise, in a sort of rounded way, we would be in such good shape if we could get three of those in, starting with like a, a cheap Adams, you know, a young kind of prospect one that isn't going to expect to be in the team all the time. A Dakuri who could maybe play most of the minutes as DM with, you know, your Badgetic and maybe even a Tiago or a McAllister covering for him here and there. I think there's Loads of ways to win the window. Still, loads of ways. All those guys you mentioned, everybody on that list, I would take pretty much any of them. Uh, I still do think we'll get some of those, at least two of those, and I do think we'll, when we come back to Riddler at the end of the month, we'll be saying that that was a good window. You forget your Choumany, your Bellingham, your Caicedo. It would have been amazing to have any of them. Of course, it would, but I still think when all is said and done, you can only look at who you got. Did it improve you? Who you lost? Where you're at at the end of the window? And I think when the window f- finishes, we'll we'll all be saying that was a good window. That was better than we had expected.
2: Yeah, and, and, and fingers crossed. I, I kind of do do feel that way, and I, I honestly hope you're right on that, and honestly hope that my sentiment on that is right. And listen, I know people are going to be screaming mm. at some of these names as well, so to speak, and. Tyler Adams' injury history, I get that. People who aren't Premier League proven, the prices, they know we've got 111 million. All those things can be correct. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they're full, false, but they're not intrinsically linked, and it doesn't mean that it can't be a success in that regard. So the only final question I want to ask, because it wouldn't be red alert without putting you on the spot by any means, that I, I think I'm agreeing. I would love to hear... A left centre back now as well, so, or a left side centre, however you want to put it, left side defender come out. I'd love to hear Ignacio, you know, David Hanko at Feyenoord, if I'm pronouncing it right, Piero Incape at Leverkusen, but the names are just not coming. So let's focus on the two midfielders from what we've seen, what we've heard, what we suspect. If you now think it's two, Mark, who do you think it's going to be?
3: I, th- I guess I, I kind of hinted at it there in the uh, in the last question. I, I think Adams and Dukuri would make a lot of sense for me because it leaves the potential to get another defender in. Um, I, I, I loved the links to Turam early in the window. I think he brings a lot of really cool things, real great running power, the way he drives out with the ball. There's a, there's a lot of kind of like a young Yaya Turi in there. There's there's a lot of things I think that we don't have that he would bring that I would really, really like to see. But more of a destroyer and a guy that's going to play six has to be top of the agenda. And Dakuri, for me, is the obvious one. Uh, and again, for all the reasons we said before, I think Tyler Adams makes a lot of sense for, for his age, the price, the fact that he can also cover it right back. So I think... Those would be my two at the moment. What about you?
2: Yeah, it's the, the way it kind of works with Liverpool. You just never know what you're going to, what you think, and what you want, and what you get. They, they never have a link. It seems almost. But for me, yeah, I think DeCoray would be top of my list for that because of the age, the profile, Palace's Player of the Year, Premier League experience. I, I think it really is a, a good move. And yes. People will scream at this. Palace will probably have our pants down a bit for the fee. I do suspect that happens. What I think, and this wouldn't be necessarily my second option, as it were, or the next one. I do get the gut feeling that Tyler Adams will be in there for a couple of reasons. Paul Joyce has name-checked him. That, that plays a part. He's not just saying that for for no reason tonight. I get what Mark's saying, I agree, you know, play, and I've mentioned as well, play a couple of roles, you know, a Red Bull type player, you know, ticks a lot of boxes in that regard. Also ticks a lot of boxes in the concerns column. I get people for injury history specifically. I totally, totally get that as well. So if it was me personally, being honest, I would love to see Decorey, and Florentino Luiz from Benfica. Just a pair of destroyers. I think we've got enough beautiful footballers, as it were. I think some competent, but the ones who like the ugly side of the game would be great. But yeah, if what I want and what I think we'll get are different. But listen, Mark, me and you get about 10% of our predictions right. So Christ, if we get, if keep making enough, we might I get thought one. I, had
3: Lavia. I thought I'd I thought i finally won one with Lavia, but no, he's, he's slipped away at the last.
2: Which probably tells you the fact we pick them, probably tells you Decorate's leg going to fall off tomorrow type of thing. But (laughs) touch touch wood, fingers crossed, it doesn't. And ladies and gents, that is pretty much now coming up for the top of the hour. So it only leaves me to say a few things. Number one, Mark, pleasure as always. Nice to, to catch up and hopefully a little bit. It felt cathartic in some way, even possibly
3: yeah, it did actually, mate. You know, I've 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 been like I said on my phone twenty four seven the last few days following all this and chatting to you and you know and all these different forums and things and it, it it's been uh, it's been manic. So I think getting to kind of assemble our thoughts there just for a little minute has uh, has been cathartic. So thanks for that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And listen, listeners, I, I hope you felt the same a little bit. I would understand either way if there's people shouting, screaming, commenting and I get all the sentiments The the key one for me is that I understand that if we go back a a good few years, we were the envy of all Europe, the way we were run, the success of our transfers, you know, the, the under the radar, the, the operations under Edwards, were all those types of things, you know, the the whole package working holistically together to what we are, it seems today. And especially as me and Mark talked about the, almost a feeling of a bit embarrassment with what's happened with the the Lavia. I would totally get that. And I understand anyone's, anyone's sentiments in that regard, but it may fall on deaf ears, but there is a few weeks of the windows left. There is at least 111 million to play with. No excuse not to have anything less. And Liverpool can still buy players. So until that moment stops... And that statement is false. That has been another red alert for Anfield Index.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community and it means the world to the people who create these free shows
0: sport social podcast network